Okay, I'm talking. So what's the podcast going to be called? The Queen Bee School. It's going all together? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, okay, I love it now. I love it even more. This is the Queen Bee School, a woman's and mother's guide to being a boss lady boss for bloggers, freelancers, and entrepreneurs. We cover how to grow your business, find balance with work and life and kids and husbands, and own who you really are. Welcome back to the Queen Bee School. I am Cheryl Mellick. I'm your hostess. <laughs> and today we have with us a super exciting guest, Miss Jessica Lyons. Mrs. Jessica Lyons, where are my manners? <laughs> So Jessica is a mom, she is a lady boss, she is boss lady boss, she's all these things. I'm going to let her tell you um, more about her background and what she does, but I'm so excited to welcome her here because she runs a creative business, which is especially to me hard to balance with being a mom because it's, it's all the time. So... Welcome, Jessica. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So tell me about um, your background. Um, so there's a few elements for you that I think are important to your story. Um, like where, what your background is with art, what your background is just in academics and mm-hmm. in the jobs that you had before you started your own business. Yeah, so I really came about um, entrepreneurship the long way around. Um, it wasn't something that I'd ever intended on doing while in school. Um, but when I started school, I went to the University of Mississippi for journalism and political science. Um, And while I was there, just random things would pop up that would make me think maybe that um, a product-based business is something that I might be interested in, a creative product-based business. Um, You know, just doing random things like painting door hangers for kids' dorms or painting something for my own apartment when I couldn't afford actual artwork. Um, And just really (coughs) didn't have any interest in taking art classes. So I guess you could say I'm self most of the things I do I really you know no professional training whatsoever it's just kind of learning on a whim um and when I graduated uh you know the I graduated in 2008 and the economy was in a downturn no real jobs out there for somebody with a journalism and political science degree in Memphis Tennessee so um I started working in retail worked in a telecom um retail setting for six years um towards the end of uh mine and my husband's dating relationship before we got married and started thinking about having kids um and what we wanted to do with our married life whether we wanted to stay in memphis or move away i became a lot more focused on the creative side of my personality and what I wanted to do with that. Started doing things, you know, getting into painting things for friends, selling things online through Etsy, um, and really enjoyed that, but didn't really find it something that devoted enough of my time to my creative outlet. Um, And then, of course, you know, marriage came, and quickly soon after that, a little boy came and so we were both working 40 hours a week my husband was working more than 40 hours a week and we had an infant um and so life was just really crazy my creative outlet got pushed to the background it wasn't something that I ever had time to devote to and really found myself in a place where I needed that I was working a very high stress very long hours late nights retail job Um, and had a desire to create something that I could use to contribute to my family's financial well-being um, and also find that space for myself again, find that space to um, grow my creative outlet and not be focused so much on the things that were stressing me out outside of, you know, my home life, which was work and having a new baby and everything like that. So one night, me and my husband were sitting there. Um, just I, honestly, I can't even remember what we were doing. But one of us had an idea for a T-shirt, and I won't tell you that idea now because <laughs> it would probably get us sued by the NCAA if we mentioned it. But one of us wanted to do that, and um, my husband said, "Well, maybe we should do it." 
and $300 at Michael's and a screen printing kit later, we taught ourselves how to screen print t-shirts on our dining room table after our son went to bed. Um, and it really, you know, we gained so much interest out of it. People were texting us, emailing us, hey, we want this. We'd like to carry this in our store. You know, friends that we had that own boutiques were interested. And it just grew from there, kind of exploded into the business we have now, which is Tubis Design Co. It's a um, product-based lifestyle brand where we focus on kind of marrying the um, loving and down-home nature of our home with, you know, the fun and exciting and joyful parts of being a young family and producing products that focus on that. That's amazing. So I heard a couple of things when you were talking that resonated with me and Um, Having shared my story and saying it all out loud, I can kind of see those little moments um, a little more clearly. So um, I noticed, okay, so it was the the clues. I love the clues. So there are these like moments in our lives where we're on a sort of path to one direction and it's a very probably like well-traveled path it's a very visible path and we have these little clues that come to us that if we were paying attention right. or we had the bigger picture for right. context which is impossible um but they they sort of show us later that you know all along i've sort of drawn to this right so will you kind of go more in depth about that and how was there any, aside from just being drawn to to art and to the creative right. side of things, was there anything that led you to think that you might be interested in your own business and your own company? Or was it something that really happened? Yeah, so the business that I worked for when I graduated um, college was, it's a, you know, large company, but also state ba- locally based. And just little bits and bobs would happen that would make me think kind of I guess when you're outside of something and you think that maybe one day because I had dabbled in Etsy before mm-hmm. I had you know had consi- I'd consigned artwork um, with shops in college and you when you're on the outside looking in you think that that's such a hard line that I'll never be able to pass mm-hmm. to go from painting something, putting it on a canvas, taking it to your friend's house and taking $40 from them or whatever. Two, this is my product. I am presenting it as a product to be sold in a store or online for a consumer um, in a industry that is very fast-paced and ever-changing, right? And so when you are outside looking in on the retail world, whether it's, you know, Walmart, Target, a consumer-based business online, anything like that, it's kind of hard to imagine how that comes together, how a product goes from concept and design to manufacturing to a store shelf to your home. And so when I came into the retail business and kind of got past the other side of that wall and saw, holy moly, this is easy. Not mm-hmm. easy, right. but not nearly as hard as you would think it would be. Um, it start. That's when I, it started dawning on me that this might be something that I could do for a living. You know, when you when you see a product on a store shelf, you know, and you realize that you might want to be an entrepreneur or someone who creates a product like that, you start questioning everything about that product you start questioning if you could do it better if the price is where it needs to be where it was manufactured um you know was there an artist whose artwork was licensed for this product whether it's a tea towel in target or you know a pillow that you see at pottery barn and it really changes the dynamic for you based on where you've been and where you want to go because like i said you know as somebody sitting in her you know her college apartment painting something it's so um, not I don't want to say drab but it's so bland so it's not really there's no 
branding associated with it. There's no um, concept of, you know, who is this product designed for? And so I had the creative side. You know, I had, you know, things that I like to do that um, brought me joy, that brought other people joy, that were very intentional in their design. But I didn't really have the idea uh, or the concept of bringing that creativity and marrying it with retail and a product and how to sell that product or market it to the masses. And so when um, I did start working in retail, it became an idea of, you know, I could totally make this a business for myself. I could totally, you know, instead of just making one product, one artwork, one, you know, painting and selling it to one person, there's a way to mass produce and grow this and market it that it's beneficial for me, both creatively and financially. Mm-hmm. So how did you, so you say, you're saying that there's this sort of like, it's this sort of like nebulous talent right. that you have. And your audience now is extremely well-defined. Right. Like your branding has a very, everything that we've done with the branding right. has a very specific feel. Right. So how did you get there? Like how did you... There's so many things you can do. Right. How did you pick what it is that you actually well, do? I'd love to say that it was um, very intentional, you know, that John and I sat out and drew our perfect client and who we wanted to market to. But it was nothing like that. The truth about our product and who we're branded to and where we see our audience and our client base is really that it's just who we are. You know, mm-hmm. there's a reason that our brand is very personal. There's a reason that, you know, we involve our kids in everything that we do. And that's because that's who me and John are. You know, when we when we first started dating, we both had these very clearly defined family lives. Um, his parents have been married for 30 years and, you know, very happy, loving home. Um, and my family, you know, growing up in the South, you know, most people are probably exposed to this, but when you have such a large family and you have this very clearly defined belief of where you've been and where you come from, when you know, you know, the story of your family and the people that you were raised around for generations back, it kind of gives you this strength in your personality and this strength in knowing who you are and what you want out of life and so when john and i got married and we did start thinking about kids it was never really a question for us of who we were and how we wanted to raise our children and maybe we should have discussed it a little bit more (laughs) but um it kind of just organically fell into our laps that this is who we wanted our customer base to be and the more that i'm exposed to you know um our retail clients and our wholesale clients it's very obvious to me that our story is not unique in any way and that doesn't mean that it's not wonderful but um i think in our society today and not just in the south i think all over the country there's a focus in our generation um of going back to Mm -hmm. you know a very nuclear home life um whereas when we were growing up you know everybody was always so busy and there's so much to focus on and you know our our mothers were some of the first women that were really focused on work life outside of the home um you know my mom was born in 1954 so when she came of age like that was Mm -hmm. a new thing for women to be at work 40 hours a week and so I think that and not that that's a bad thing at all but Mm -hmm. I think that for our generation um the pendulum has kind of swung backwards Mm -hmm. and saying you know okay we've we've had the opportunity to work outside the home we've had the opportunity to just be a mother and a house you know a homemaker Mm -hmm. but what if we can have both yes what if you know it doesn't matter what you decide to do as long as it's your choice and it's what's right for your family Mm -hmm. and I think that seeing that in our clients um seeing people our age being empowered to make the right decisions for their family has powered a lot of what we do yeah I think that's so interesting and that is um one of the if not the most 
powerful reason that I wanted to start this podcast and the courses and everything is, you know, we have seen our parents just work their asses off and that, I mean, and they, they installed in us a drive, but we also saw, well, I don't want to be away from my kids all the time. You know, I don't want to be traveling all the time. And, And the thing is that we don't, because of the technology that we have today, we don't we don't have to. Right. So you have your kids almost full time. I mean, aside from the time that they're in school and preschool and all that, um, you run a business and you have your a full time mom. So right. can you kind of explain um, maybe like what a day looks like for you and how you really determine when you work, right. when you don't work, right. um, and do you ever do both at the same time? Because I, I personally can't get anything done right. when, when my son is right. at home. I just can't. I mean, he right. just climbs on me the entire right. time and right. bangs on the computer right. like right. keyboard cat. So it's Monday too. Monday it's too. um, it doesn't it doesn't work. But then I, when he is with me, I'm still trying to work, and I feel like I don't do either a hundred percent. Right. That's really hard. It's very hard because even when you're, you know, if you're a mom, even when you're working outside the home, there's always that portion of your brain that's with your kids, right? So what I try to do is um, we have done a really good job here in the last couple months of clearly delineating our time between what needs to be done when. And so my boys go to school full-time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. When they're gone, that is my time to work. Um, I have clearly divided my time between work and home. And I think that the best practice for doing something like this and being a work from home mom no matter what it is you're doing is if you do have the privilege to have childcare outside the home use it when you can and make that time very intentional use that time to the full advantage of your business yes there might be loads of laundry that need to be done yes there might be dishes that need to be done but you've said to yourself that this time was important for your business and for yourself and so use that time for what it's for. So something I struggle with is um, I think something that you do better. Um, I Because I work at home and I live at home, there are no lines drawn right. at all. It's like when I'm on a day that I'm supposed to be working, I feel like the, the pressures or the obligations of things I need to do for my home life right. weigh on me the same right and when the family's all home I still feel like I should be working because I'm on the couch with my husband watching Game of Thrones or whatever but eight hours before I was on the couch with a cup of coffee right editing photos right so it's because both happen in the same place I don't really know it's really hard it's hard it's very hard and I think what you have to do is luckily I've had um I think I'm one of the few people that I know who have had the advantage of being an entrepreneur after I've worked in an office full time and so you have to set your brain on work mode this is exactly you know treat it like you would if you were getting up leaving the house driving to go into an office and being there until five o'clock so what I do with that because that's hard for me too you know I'll, I'll sit on the couch and be um, replying to emails or drawing or working on a new product idea and then a few hours later like you said I'll be sitting there with John you know watching TV Um, and so I think what I've done that has worked really well for our business and for myself is to kind of take a few minutes when shifting gears um, and recognize okay you know because there's such an urge to when you work and your kids are gone or your husband has your children to bang it all out, get up, go get the kids, and then immediately shift gears. So what I'll do is, let's say I have to pick the kids up by you know three, four o'clock. Um, before I need to leave the house to go do that, I finish up, wrap up what I know that I can get done in that amount of time frame, finish it up, close my computer, walk away from the paintbrush, whatever I've been doing, and take a few minutes that is just for me. And it's never the same every day. It's whatever that needs to be. And 
I wish that I could tell you that sometimes that's not that time is not time spent folding laundry. It obviously it is, but I need to have that clear transition back and forth because if not, what happens is I'm sitting at my computer texting my son's teacher, making sure he's he's napping and eating a snack, or I'm sitting with my kids, you know, emailing back and forth about work, and. It's not about, I don't think it's about being 100% in one place at one time because obviously you're a mom. You Mm -hmm. can't turn off that side of your brain. There's a reason that we are biologically designed this way. It's not going to happen. But you can tell yourself, this is my time to accomplish what I need to accomplish with my work. And have that same drive when it comes to your family life. Turn around and say, this is my time. Okay, you know, I think Jai, or I think my son is needs xyz today i'm gonna make sure that whatever it is you know maybe he needs to work on his letters maybe he needs to work on his numbers i'm gonna make sure that when i get him that that's what we're gonna do and have the same goal setting i guess sense of urgency that you have in your business have that same goal setting urgency with your family that's interesting to me i actually just yesterday wrote um an article urging myself to um take more family-focused time where I don't multitask and I focus just on the time that I spend with my son or my husband or whatever and I'm using it as like a rejuvenation period um, almost like self-care just like letting myself just hang out with my son and pretend to be Batman and just it completely is self-care and in your business especially especially with your niche and your voice your entire business is just it runs on moments with family so and we've designed it to be that way mm -hmm. intentionally Mm -hmm. because for John and I there is no separation and it was the same way I think I know that there are people who can work outside the home go to go to work and come home john and i've never been that way and you know i think people who told who have worked with me in the past people who work in john's office now will tell you like they know our kids names they know how old they are they know you know what their favorite likes are um and it's just always been that way for us I know that we're different from most people, but John and I, you know, we very rarely get a babysitter for our kids. Not, not, um, cause we don't like to spend time together by ourselves, but I think, you know, for me, both my parents always worked outside the home. Um, and it was very beneficial to me growing mm-hmm. up, um, to see both my parents work outside the home. And John's mom was at home with my husband's mother was at home with him. So, I think that having those two different upbringings has really put us in a place where we've married the two ideas that has in a weird way kind of brought us to where I am today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, having, being able to manage both. But you're completely right when you say that that family time is self-care. For me especially, it is absolutely rejuvenating to just watch my kids be kids. Mm-hmm. And if you let's say if you take 30 minutes a day and you devote it to i'm gonna race cars with my kids and you take 30 minutes a day and you vote it to i'm gonna answer emails about this one topic if you married the two and had an hour where you were trying to do both those things Mm -hmm. at one time you would not do either one well right and so what's more important at the end of the day is it and it's all about your priorities. What's more important at the end of the day? Did you get those emails answered or did you play cars with your kids? And you can have both. Mm-hmm. You just need to understand that if you divide your time and attention, your clients can sense that the same way your kids can. Yeah. No, I think that's... I, I'm i feeling more and more motivated um, every day to... I feel like I'm working so much right. that... N- my efficiency has gone down right. and my it feels it's beginning to feel more like, more right. like a job right and I left that I left that like employment right. for a reason right. and the fact that it's feeling like I should be excited about pumpkin bars with cheesecake frosting right, right? right. like right. but I feel like oh, I have to do that recipe right I'm gonna try and get it done right. when my son's right. home you right. know and it's just allowing myself when I take those moments and I really really focus and you know I'm 
like just blowing bubbles with Leo outside in the yard or whatever I come back to things having rested my mind and that right. creativity right. and it doesn't feel Absolutely. like it has to be going in that time right. so your business is especially mine is a little mine is creative right but yours is it's creative in a different way it's it's really art right. Right. so how do you you know with with art we're always waiting i mean when inspiration right. stri- strikes right. it's the most right. fantastic feeling so how do you i don't know it's kind of like how do you allow it how do you is there anything that you do that feels like you're provoking it and do you right. open your mind to th- in, that, right. in that moment or what just so, how do you work I it mean, in i would love to say that there's a certain thing that i do that inspiration strikes and i go immediately and paint that's not the way that the real world works and i don't know unless you're you know some wonderful artist living a fancy free life somewhere <laughs> you know but yet you also somehow have money to not have to work right. um then maybe that is how it works for you but what i find is the times that i'm most inspired is when i'm with my family and you know so i can't just drop what i'm doing mm-hmm. right then run upstairs and paint so what i try to do is i keep a running list on my phone or in a little notebook that i have with me um about product ideas things that i saw that day that had inspired me and a lot of times it'll just be you know i'll sketch out a quick idea for a product um but i also think that it is so important if you're a creative entrepreneur to indulge that time you need to you know i think sometimes especially in the age of e-commerce where more and more Um, high-end gift brands are shifting towards an online focus and out of you know the brick and mortar gift Mm -hmm. shops you have to understand that yes you need to work on your website yes you need to send out email blasts to clients yes you need to get line sheets to wholesale stores but what fuels your business is truly your creativity so if you have to outsource some of that do it you can't outsource your art you can't outsource your creativity you can like john and i you know my, my husband and i there were times a year and a half ago where he would be awake till two in the morning screen printing Mm t-shirts in at our in our bonus room and it became unfeasible for us and not only was it harming us and harming our kids and harming, you know, our time together, it was harming our business mm-hmm. because we were focusing our resources on the wrong thing. It's funny. Um, I noticed that, first of all, I feel like I never get anything done. Like right. every day right. I feel like oh, I didn't get anything done, right. which is completely insane because I'm doing a hundred little right. tasks. But when I have a day where I just work on recipes and I shoot them and I like take video and I right. make like five recipes, I feel like I did nothing. Right. I did nothing. And this is the entire, this is the crux of my business. Right. Right. You know? Right. And like, and like working on a podcast or working on branding for a new site or whatever, I feel like, I think partly it's because I enjoy it. And I feel like, yes, if I'm having fun, it's certainly not work. Right. And so I have such, I have such a problem with indulging it, like you say, and, and realizing that that, and especially when you do indulge it, I think it. It like satiates you for a while, and you're right. like, well, and yeah. it shows. It shows in your business. Yes. So if you, you know, one thing that I'm really guilty of that I have been working really hard on doing is not comparing myself to other creatives. Um, as useful as I find other people's Instagram, as useful as I find other people's blogs, other people's you know podcasts, books, whatever it might be, I think that that sways us in a way to try to accomplish what we think other people are accomplishing, especially in the creative world. And so when I have an idea for a product and I know that I need to get it done and I know that I need to get it painted, I have the idea of sort of, okay, completely shut off from the outside world. Everything outside the four walls of where I'm working needs to be done. So needs to be gone. So something I'll do is I'll delete, you know, like time suck apps from my phone, like <laughs> Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Or a lot of times I have a really bad habit of working while I'm watching the news or whatever. I'll turn yeah. that off. And if you can tune those things out, if you can tune out the fact that, you know, 
even though your husband is downstairs with your kids or the nanny or they're at school, you know, you're still thinking about that. And if you can tune that out along with the emails you need to respond to or the blog that you need to post, if you can just be really intentional with that creative time the same way you're intentional with your business-minded time, your business will reflect that. Yeah. I um when you were when you were saying that I was reminded of when you were telling your story at the beginning um, and this idea of tuning out the things that are not helpful to you right. and when you you were saying you see you know you're you're painting in your college apartment right. and you are comparing you you see only the example of this like mass produced right like a target line right. or whatever right. you know right and it can be just it can just completely it just snuff out those right. ambitions right. but being able to really focus only on yourself in right. a way that is just helpful to you right not you know self-centered right. Right. but just worrying not about right. the other people and how they got there and how quickly and what their situation is how much money they're making whatever focusing on your own self so Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that and how you sort of, it seemed like you thought about these things. You were right. like, I don't know how someone does this. And right. then you were kind of like, I think I could do it. And then you just, right. you just did it. So that's always kind of been, I guess, you know, I think, I think it's, what's that movie with Reese Witherspoon? That, oh, that, oh, that movie with Reese Witherspoon. No, where she's, oh, Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. I was going to say. Where her, I can't remember if it's her boyfriend or her husband or whatever. She, you know, there's like three men in that movie. Are we talking about the character role. she plays in Draper James? Oh! You see what I did there? <laughs> I guess I'm weird. Oh, heaven help. <laughs> but she's, he says, what is it with you Southern women? You have to try everything wrong before you try the right thing. <laughs> And that's so true. And I don't think I don't think that that is exclusive to women or to people from so the South. Annoying. But I, I think my husband would tell you that, um, and probably my mother as well, that I'm a special kind of stubborn. And so if there's something that I think needs to be done, um, something that I want to learn, something that I want to teach myself... There's literally nothing going to stand in between me and learning it. And yes. I've, as an adult, and especially as a creative, that since I've grown as a creative, I've learned that, you know, there's lots of entrepreneurs out there who, you know, foster community over um, competition and all sorts of other encouragement. And really, a lot of times, all you have to do is ask. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something you want to learn to do, something you want to be... Um, ambitious about find the resources teach yourself learn it and then share your knowledge Mm -hmm. and outside of athletic endeavors in my youth I think that that stubbornness has brought me a long way in not being told no Mm -hmm. by people you know, I've heard some really negative things about our business before. People, you know, everybody, people are always going to feed you that negative energy for mm-hmm. whatever reason. That's just what we do as humans sometimes. Um, but I think if you can keep in your mind a clearly defined goal of what you want your business to be and what you want to be as a creative, then there's really nothing that's going to stand in your way. And if Mm -hmm. the motivation for you is money, great. If the motivation for you is more time with your kids, great. Whatever it needs to be Mm -hmm. to push you, then do it. That's, um, I, so I talk about a few different things on here. Um, I feel like over and over and they're the keys to any successful, um, freelance business or entrepreneurship or whatever and two of the things I talk about all the time um you just outlined I mean completely it's putting yourself out there and just doing it and being right. unafraid being and just being like right. I'm just gonna do it right I'm just gonna do it but I think that a lot of women especially women who were maybe not I know I was raised by a very my mom is very like yeah you can do yeah of course you can yeah. do it sure yeah. Yeah. whatever yeah of course you know and so I was raised with this probably very blind confidence very like 
not probably right. realistic at all. Right. Right. But it helps me be unafraid. Right. And being unafraid is um, is huge, right. I think. But for the people who have to unlearn right. the fear and right. unlearn being unafraid. Right. Or wait, unlearn being afraid, I guess. Right. Right. So they can be unafraid. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> is there something that you... Is there any advice you would give on how to just like... Just get over it. Just to me, the the best thing to do when you're when you're starting out a business and you have this idea, um, there's lots of resources that you can find out there, like you know the five minute startup and like all these other things. Um, but to me, the most important thing if you're trying to teach yourself to get past the reluctance to put yourself out there is to write down, get a notebook, write down, okay, by day 30, I want to be, do, learn, know, X, Y, Z. And until you reach that goal, don't step past it. I think I have a really hard, I have a really, one of my (laughs) biggest personality flaws is that sometimes I get tunnel vision about things. Um... And so as an entrepreneur, I've had to unlearn that. And what's helped me a lot is writing down a clearly defined goal and trying to train my brain to not step past that goal to something else until I achieve what I came here to achieve, Mm -hmm. right? And I think when you're growing a business and you're trying to figure out, you know, where your audience is, what you want your business to be, that's important to have clearly defined goals no matter what whatever they need to be for you whether you're doing it for love or money or whatever whatever you need it to be or both um and also find a way to shut out that negativity if you have that one friend Mm -hmm. that every time you call and you say you know i think i might want to do this and i've got this idea for a website or i've got this idea for a product and it just sounds you know really great and i think i can do it like you're that for me you know it is is always offering that encouragement yeah but i'm a little too like i'm like let's do it tonight <laughs> tonight <laughs> we'll launch tomorrow at 10 i'm a little like uh enthusiastic but if you do have that one friend that says i don't know that kind of sounds stupid then you call Cheryl. You know, don't talk to them about it then don't yeah. talk to them about that whether it's your husband or your parent or your friend mm-hmm. if I hope your spouse isn't negative <laughs> about things like that. But if you have that one person in your life who is constantly, you know, cutting down what you want to do, yeah. whether it's in business or family life or whatever, just don't talk to them about that. I also think <laughs> that something important to keep in mind is that if you have somebody like that, it's almost certainly not about you. Oh, 100%. Because you would never say that if you're a secure person. Right. You would never say that to someone. You would just be like, cool. Uh Uh-huh. That's nice. Uh Uh-huh. Send me the link. Uh But if you if you have someone who has the balls. Right. And I say balls specifically. Right. Has the balls just that sound really like man hating. You know what I mean? People always say balls like it's so powerful, but like I push a human out of my like hoo-ha. You know what I mean? Let's talk about power. Anyway. (laughs) Whatever. So if you have the done it twice now. Oh well, it's not a competition, (laughs) Jessica. (laughs) Uh, anyway, like if you if you have the gall. Right. Is that right? right. No. If you have the gall. To say that to somebody, that's on you, man. Like, that's... Well, and on the flip side, you need to find the person in your life who their entire goal in your life... I'm not trying to say that you should, you know, minimize someone's friendship to this. But if you have that person who encourages you, or better yet, if you have that person in your life who is your ideal client or customer use that yes go to that person you know let's say you want to make a baby product you have a friend who's pregnant or has several children and has a small child what do you think about this you wouldn't go ask someone in their 60s who has grown children about that for example so like if you want to find the ability and the strength to overcome those fears i truly believe that 
as an entrepreneur and as a creative, you have to feed you have to feed off other people's energy. Yeah. And so if you are able to interpret someone's personality and understand that certain parts of their personality are beneficial to you and certain parts of their personality aren't, use that to your advantage mm-hmm. as much as you can. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I know I've said that a hundred times about what you're saying, but <laughs> I'm really, I mean, I'm thinking about things in a different right. light because of how well, you're the only saying reason, it. The only reason that I have, you know, that belief in those feelings is because like I feel like I've been there and I've done everything mm-hmm. the wrong way mm-hmm. and so I wish I wish that when we were you know trying to use water-based ink on t-shirts and right making a mess in our kitchen I wish that someone had come to me and said you know here's the name of this screen printer they'll probably help you out some mm-hmm. and so I think it's our duty as people who have created a business from nothing right to reach back and say you can do this mm-hmm. come join me yes. leave the corporate world it's awful break out of the worker be mindset right? yeah exactly i mean that's 100% why so we should talk about raw honey okay so this is the queen bee school um this is our national um podcast resources e-courses and ebooks and everything for female entrepreneurs and bloggers and side hustlers and lady bosses right and jessica and i jessica was there for queen bee's inception that's right she was there there was a lot of bee emojis going back and forth maybe some crowns a few crowns in there i like the crown emoji it's my favorite i like it too i also like the honey because you're like that's my so we might have the fruit of Molly We might have searched for stock photos of honey for like two hours. Oh God, there's nothing good out there. Probably I was like, not. I was like, Yerby, going to buy a gallon of honey and flex <laughs> a glass. Be back soon. <laughs> we should use. So one of our other friends who is also a lady boss, she has bees. Of course she does. She has bees and goats. Are we talking about the same person? Yeah. Okay. The goat lady. Yeah. I love her. Um, so kidnap her bees. We're gonna kidnap her bees. Um, it's totally safe. And we're gonna pose with them for our raw. Totally honey. safe. This does sound like a photo shoot. I might. This propose. is starting to sound a lot more like a National Geographic. I'm gonna need you to sign a liability waiver. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, so I wanted Queen Bee to um, speak to my existing audience and right. to reach all the lady bosses, right? And then Jessica and I were talking about. Um, having a local group where it's all when right um so there's sort of like this feeling of um i don't want to say sisterhood because it's so cheesy and woo woo but truly but you have to understand that in the world that women live in in this day and age there is a uniqueness yes. about being a woman that I'm sure that there is a uniqueness about being a man. I've never been one, so I don't know. (laughs) But the day and age that we live in, it is especially challenging for women. Yes. Because, yes, we have the opportunity to make our lives what we want them. Mm -hmm. We have so many advantages that our mothers worked hard for to get for us. But there's also choices and Left there's and judgment right. on every, every turn. So no yes. matter what you do. Did you breastfeed? Did you formula feed? Did you yeah. have a C-section? Oh. Right. Your kid's in the car seat wrong. Right. I know. Which, and I think that's not a joke. Car your kid safety. is for sure in the car seat wrong. Almost almost certainly. Car seat safety. She can sense Get it, it. checked. Yes. Um, but, it, but it's true. I mean, right. and, and the funny thing is I feel like it's maybe not even, it's not coming from women. Well, it does. It for sure comes from a lot of women. Right. And it comes from just people, a lot of people in general. But when you find a group, most most of the time, when you find a group and they are supportive of you, right. a group of women, first of all, it feels, like, more pure than right. if you have a group of guys. Right. We've all been there. Well, and, but I mean, where it's they, like, it ends up being weird, you yeah. know, where they're like, oh, no, yeah. and it just always feels, right. no, it's just, it's different. <laughs> Excuse me. 
But, but I mean, the very fact that we need to think that there's a reason that we need to justify the having a woman-only right. thing is kind of the reason for right. it. Right. Yeah. Right. Men have had, you know, like the Rotary Club or whatever it is that yes. they do. Right. For centuries. So I think yeah. it's fine. I think it's fine, too. And I just, I've noticed something that, first of all, I realized, and we were talking about this um, with my my assistant when she was when she was on here, that I had been told my whole life, women don't like each other. Right. Women are catty. Right. And I realized, you're you told just that from when you're the that. time you're in elementary school. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. Girls are just catty. Girls yeah. are just mean. She's just jealous. Right. And I'm like, I didn't realize, I mean, I feel like we're like literal lionesses out there right. just all fighting for the same well, and when zebra. you think about when you think about when you're what you're fighting for like uh, what are you fighting for i'm not fighting you for the same thing you know no. it's like we're all doing our own thing no and there is no one thing that i can do that diminishes your role as a motherhood right as a, as a mom yeah. as a business owner i mean unless i was like you know something malicious but you have to think about you stole all my recipes that's right that's, that's your right. own I might do that then I would just be proud that like <laughs> your photos like that I'll be like oh she's she's so but you know you, you're right like all our lives were told from birth right. that you know oh like well her hair is not as cute as yours yeah or and it's I don't think I don't think I will say this I will say that I think that women are just as guilty of encouraging that competition yes. as men are. Yes. And I think that that competition can be healthy if if it is directed at achieving goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. not not just breaking malicious. Down. Right. Or, right. Right. No, I think you're completely right. So this is something that I. I grew up my uh, whole life thinking I didn't like girls. I didn't get along with girls. Right. And then I realized I actually get along with women like much. Well, because you're you're a woman. I'm a woman. Yeah. So when you're told like you know all your life to be in competition with these women, it's like this. You know, I think that kind of just the normal occurrence for a woman is you're told all your life you're in competition with women and then you have kids mm-hmm. and or you get married or you join a, join a workforce and you all discover holy moly we're in the same boat together yes yes and that was the most i think earth-shattering realization that i had when i joined mom groups you right. know when right. i was like pregnant and i realized oh my god i remember saying i kept it inside for months and months and months that there was this like inkling of like the only way I can put it is to say resentment, and that sounds much more negative than it right. is. But there was something I was missing uh, that I'd had before I had a kid. Right. That I was missing. Right. Some this is like freedom right. to explore anything, no strings attached. Right. Well, that sounds you know what I mean. Anything yeah. like ambition related. Right. right. Like if I had an idea for a business, I would do it all weekend. Right. And now it's like I I can't, and so I had this sort of remnant. Just very, very mild resentment of just maybe my new position as as a mother. And I kept that to myself for months because I felt like that's just me and I should hide that. That is shameful to feel that way. And I mentioned it one day in like a comment and a comment and a comment in a mom group. And everyone was like, preach, yes. You know, they're all like doing the like love and the response and stuff. And I was like, everything I feel. Right. There was this realization that I was not unique. And it was so... Comforting. Well, I think there's such an urge in our society to group people amongst their similarities. You yeah. know, like, oh, well, this person is a millennial and they mm-hmm. live, you know, in this so part of town. Or this opinion. mom is a soccer mom and she shops at Target or whatever. And and to label people in a certain sense. But that doesn't mean that those labels take away the things mm-hmm. that we share. Right. And so, you know, like, I guarantee you, every new mom on this planet has struggled with breastfeeding at one point in her life. Yeah. Every new mom on this planet has cried yes. for her newborn so in one tired. reason or another. Yes. Oh my gosh. And even even outside of motherhood, every woman on this planet who's worked into walked into an office or a business first day on the job mm. has had questions and concerns relating to being a woman. Yeah. That's just the nature of the world. Right. And so I think that there is a very real way that we can use those negative feelings mm-hmm. and group them together to create an energy 
that is helpful right that is positive yes exactly so that so that was our our thinking was this just like and part of what what you had already said is I wish someone had been there to tell me maybe try this right maybe try that and so we decided to um, start a local group of women where um, so entrepreneurs um, freelancers bloggers and hopefuls so people who maybe want to start a business but didn't maybe know how to or had that right that sort of like niggling um just insecurity and fear so um we called it raw honey get it get it is it queen bee school get it um and yeah i mean our our whole vision was just women sharing what they know to help others right grow and right and not even necessarily just um intangible mm-hmm. feelings right but right. using those tangible feelings to move forward in your business no don't use this person for this right. because they xyz right. or you know mm, no i don't really like that product idea mm-hmm. i don't think that'll do well in your market don't do that right exactly and i think that that is so important and so left out of so many circles of entrepreneurs mm. on the internet in real life where you know you set all these lofty goals like right. we're talking about here separate your time and mm. you know goal plan and everything like that that's great right. that's great those things are very useful but when it comes down to the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. of putting a product out there for a client or a service for a client you need help yes you need advice on real tangible things right and I the whole time you were talking I kept writing notes to act, ask you about your how your process works with developing right. a product getting to the manufacturer how you found a manufacturer all of those things I really want to have you back so we can talk about the nuts and bolts okay, of great. manufacturing apparel and lifestyle products so Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having for me. For coming out I'm here. so excited. This is so fun. It is fun. We're just going to talk about how Next time, badass ladies wine. Are. Yeah. Maybe not at 11 a.m. Maybe not at 11 a.m. Maybe but at 11 a.m. Mimosas ele- count. Totally. We'll just get as basic as possible. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. <laughs> we'll Instagram it. I don't want to Instagram that I'm drinking at 11 a.m. Well, if we're going to be as basic as possible... Okay, we should just end this now. Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope you subscribe. This is Cheryl Malik of the Queen Bee School, and I'll see you next week.